Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. I, he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Hello, and welcome along to The Worst Idea of All Time, Season 4, Episode 28, I'm Guy Montgomery. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my partner in crime. He's handsome, he's married, he won't stop talking about it. Hiya, Tim. But enough about me, let's meet our guest. Absolutely. I am sitting beside the outstanding Australian comic and broadcaster (laughs) and musician, no less, Jen Fricker. Hello, I'm so happy Woo! I'm back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have you back. Um, we are in Sydney, Australia. Tim, as always, at Little Empire HQ, Greyland, Auckland, mm-hmm. New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim, Look how it are up. You might find my yeah. house. Please don't stalk me. It <laughs> scares me. Tim, how are you? I'm all right. I was uh, very hungry, so I grabbed a mandarin for the defense of both the quality of this podcast and Guy's feelings in case I go for his throat with low blood sugar, as mm. I've done before. Oh, nice. I, I really like it when you monitor your own blood sugar, Tim, because, you know, you do become a real sulky sort of grumpy guts. And uh, while that, Certainly do. I think while that's fine and good content, if it is on accord of the movie and the project alone... If that's just because you're not looking after yourself, frankly, that's not my problem, that's not Jen's problem, and it sure as heck ain't uh, one libertarian listener's problem. Um, I've also got a Garage Project beer here, which is really perking me up. Oh, they did not pay for that. That's nice. We've Should got, we get beers? Uh, do you have beers? I've got beers. I'll go get my beers, because we're in my house. Yeah, we are. We're in Jen's beautiful home in Annandale, Sydney. Um mm. As as you detailed in the last episode, Tim, this is a we're, we're in a back to back here. So um, this is two and two days, which of course is on the more grueling end of the Sex in the City watching spectrum. Uh, can you please describe your viewing conditions for me? In the studio on a big old widescreen, I took the liberty of listening through some good speakers this time instead of headphones, and I really did notice the difference. This oh. is predominantly a very well mixed movie. <laughs> Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Um, mm. So, because obviously you have uh, been on the record as saying that, you know, you've had challenges watching the movie recently, um, this did something good for you. Yeah, I was all right with it, eh? I'm not sure what it was. I think possibly because it was during the daytime and sometimes it makes me very sad because it sort of takes up daytime that i could be doing other things with but um it was raining out so it was kind of like a rainy day movie yeah you know it wasn't great but it wasn't certainly it didn't have anything on last watch emotionally you you sound happier you seem healthier Um, i just want to talk to jen is she back yet yeah jen had a little bit of a snafu with the bear opening your classic sort of um you know when you open up a beer and it foams up a little bit at the top and the foam comes over the top of the bottle? Is it happening to you? Is it 
you try to have a beer yeah. and the foam just comes out the top. Jit's career is going to be over when this gets out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I'm I, trying to be more of a host. Cheers, by the way, guy. Um, You've done a great job of hosting. I had a coffee on entrance and offering oh. of a variety of cakes. Oh, yeah, because um, it was in- International Women's Day yesterday, right? And um, I Not in the world of the podcast, but oh, certainly sorry. here in reality, yes. I did a gig yesterday. Nice. And they <laughs> and they gave me like a full box of like lamingtons, which is an Australian delicacy. And New Zealand. Is it New Zealand? Ah, Has it made it over there yet? I see. We have a gentle antagonist in our mix. Uh, um, and yeah, so we, we our blood sugar. Off charts, I reckon. We're going to crash really hard. <laughs> I think I crashed pretty hard during the watch, actually. Yeah. So, mm. uh, Tim Tim sounds quite chipper. Jen, you have presumably seen this movie before. You're on the record on the podcast, even, as being a fan of the franchise, a fan mm-hmm. of the series. Mm-hmm. Can you please describe before today the last time you engaged with Sex in the City, the movie? Oh, the movie? I haven't seen since it was in the cinemas. So, I would have been... 18 years old and I watched it alone at George Street Cinemas in Sydney. I think I just had a big fight with my girlfriend, uh, my boyfriend, and I had to catch up with my girlfriends on the screen. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I watched it alone at like a midday screening. In hindsight, it was extremely grim. Um, how did you, how did you, how did you find <laughs> it at the time? What was, what we what do you remember thinking as you walked out of the cinema? I truly was in such a state of depression. I couldn't feel anything. You, not from the movie, just from life. Just from life. And then also afterwards I walked out of it and I was like, that was nothing. I felt nothing about that. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which like, I feel like that's where you guys are at now having watched it a bajillion times or whatever. I think we've moved from nothing into quite an unhealthy area. But you were, had you seen all the series up to that point? Yep, yep, yep. So you, I mean, you were the target market. You were someone who would have been very excited to be reunited mm-hmm. with these characters. Mm-hmm. I was ready to get carried away. Hey, <laughs> you're quoting Samantha Jones's uh, Maid of Honor speech at the rehearsal dinner. Did you pick up on that, Tim? Yeah, I heard it. Well, Hell yeah. happy to hear it. Um, and so, what, I'm here. Ten, I exist. Yeah, <laughs> 10 years, 11 years have passed. Uh, Jen, how do you find the second screening? Um, very irritating, very saddening. I, I, I don't know. I just don't remember it being that bad. Like, I we watched Sex and the City two together. Yeah. Again, and I do remember, like, when I watched that movie the first time, I was like, "Yeah, this is bad." I don't remember Sex and the City the movie the first one being as obnoxious. Do do you think, and this is something I fear when watching with uh, guests, mm-hmm. that my responses to and you know engagement with the movie while watching it had any impact? Do you think you you were in, you have have come to this conclusion totally independent of surrounding circumstance? Yes, I tuned you out. I barely acknowledged your existence within my home. <laughs> I was largely chatting That's to my so housemate. Good. Yeah, I was just chatting to my housemate Keisha, who also watched with us. Um. Yeah. No. I, I did not register you, guy, all your opinions, That's all your great. energy. Amazing. Not existing on my realm during that screen. Well, I mean, I can't think Barely of barely existing on my realm. After. <laughs> uh, I can't think of a better time to tell you we are on the same page with this movie, Jen. I mean, I can't believe you didn't pick up on any of the loud visual and verbal cues I was throwing around the, you know, the lounge. Mm-hmm. But um, guy, I think you were paying attention to the wrong bit here. It sounds like you just got fucking cancelled by Jen Fricker, bro. You're over. Well, and do you know what? In 2019, two things are cancelled: having big boobs. And Guy Montgomery. <laughs> Incorrect. If you if you got big boobs, you can still have big boobs. And I just renewed myself for a new season. So go fuck yourself, Frixie. Monty, back on the mic. Um, yeah. I well, it's it's. I mean, I guess I don't really know where to begin. Like, was it? Were there any? Were there any char- Like, in your relationship to the movie mm-hmm. or the TV show and the franchise? As you remember it, have you watched the show between seeing the movie last and seeing the movie now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I rewatched the whole like TV show 
oh, when was the last time I watched Because it's always on the planes here. Yeah, see. So, like, you can always get, like, four or five and, different... And is it, is it the sort of show that you'll do... Like, you might just be like, oh, I could watch an episode of that right now, and you dip yeah, in and out. Yeah. yeah, and you have favorite episodes. Like, you can be like, oh, I just want to watch this episode, so you find it, you watch it. So, I still have a lot of goodwill, but then, yeah, the movies are just so different from the the sensibility of the TV show. Like, the TV show still felt very intimate, whereas, like, the movies feel... I don't know. It's like turning the contrast or, like, the saturation up on a photo <laughs> to the point where it doesn't resemble... What? Your, like... Yeah, yeah. The, the objects you initially tried to photograph, Yeah, you know? yeah. The, the, the series was hashtag no filter, and this is hashtag Valencia. Mm-hmm. Um... But well, that's good to know. Do you think your relationship to the show or the characters within it has matured at all? Like, do you? Do, I mean, are the characters in the film represented in the same way as they were in the in the show, or is it like you're dealing with bastardized versions of them? I guess it's the same. I don't know. It's weird as well because I'm now like approaching the age that they were at the beginning of the franchise, and they're yeah. So it's. They, I guess they are the same, but the problem is they never learn any, like, lessons. They don't change or anything. There's no kind of character arc. And I think because we have experienced the golden age of television, mm-hmm. um, we're used to, like, flawed characters, but that being, like, the central drive of their, like, arc. Yeah, it's whereas, embedded in their lives. Yeah, whereas this is just more, like, it's almost way more sitcom-y than I remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like almost the Seinfeld rule of no no hugging, no learning. Yeah, totally. But then, on the other hand, it wanted to be a show that wasn't that either. It was like real talk with your gal pals. But you don't. I mean, you don't. You can't chart any serious uh, self growth or improvement in the characters across the the series or into the movies. I mean, no, because at the end, like the the archetypes are like Charlotte wants commitment and she gets it, and then. Um, Carrie wants to be with B- Mr. Big, but it's always a fucking hassle. That's still like... Uh, yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> um, Miranda's the sensible one who... Steve's a real thorn in her side, but she loves him. And Samantha loves fucking. Yeah. And like across 20 years of this franchise, none of that changes. Um, you were actually delving quite deep into... We were, we were talking to him during the movie about the elevation and performance quality of performance from Miranda and Steve in terms of actually being invested in their story uh, could I just before we move on to that yeah what Jen just said so lines up with what I said like a, a few episodes now about how if the movie stopped 50 minutes before when it does from memory it's about an hour 42 I can't remember where the scene is it has such a better resolve because everyone's actually in a different spot because mm. like if you shave almost an hour off the movie, Samantha has learned that instead of just, like, fucking all the time, that not only is it kind of cool to be in a committed relationship, but also that you have to put a little bit of work into it because she has that scene where they decide, you know, they have a bit of a chat, her and Smith Jarrett, and they decide that they have to spend more time together in Los Angeles and, like, do couple things and reconnect. Mm. So there's, like, a full arc for her. Um, Carrie finally loses this guy who has caused her so much fucking torment over, what is it, like, two decades of her life? Yeah. He's toxic, clearly. Get rid of him. She finally does, like, great. This was the last straw. And reconciles it as well, like, spends time creating her own life again. It's bullshit. So what a great metamorphosis into a person who doesn't need this guy who's been in her life for 20 years just causing her grief. They've caused each other grief, but, you know, whatever. Whoever's to blame, doesn't matter. I think they're both better off without each other. Um, At that point in the movie, we've got Charlotte who represents that, like, hey, and also sometimes relationships are real fucking cool and people have a good time in them. So Mm. that's kind of like that quadrant's covered. I think think what happens in Charlotte's story is... The same as throughout the end of the movie, which is nothing. She's oh, given no, nothing no. for yeah, us totally. to be invested we, in. We did tell, but, we did talk about this while we were watching it. That Charlotte, um, her resistance to the custom and cultures of Mexico, <laughs> later informs her decision to become a Trump voter. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the origin story for Charlotte. Yeah, 
And now, if, yeah, if we were to check in with her now, she would uh, be full of remorse, but not enacting it in any would meaningful look, or useful way. She would look her child of colour in the eye and say, I'm sorry. America was never that great. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And then who, who else Fuck, have we got? Who, is Blake. who else have we got left? Miranda. I think Miranda. her story remains Miranda. unresolved. In that, are you happy to see her and Steve not together in that hypothetical world? Tim, it's not. It's not about me being happy. It's about showing some characters on screen who are going somewhere. And so with Miranda, I think what she's representing in life is a professional woman who. Uh, is making her life work post-separation or divorce, depending on what your relationship status is, which fully represents, like, a big portion of adults out there. So it's kind of like, I feel like there's good representation. Everyone's there. Everyone's in a different place to when they started. And the thing is with Miranda is that she finds real connection and solace with um, getting back to be really close friends with Carrie and Mm. it's through their mutual heartbreak so there's kind of a lovely story there of women coming together because of their shitty men which seems very like sex in the city to me without having seen much of the TV show it like so over the Christmas holidays I went on a binge of like Nancy Myers films like she directed what women want it's complicated it's complicated the parent trap the houses in her movies are so cool yeah but they're all of her and the holiday as well all of the like women in that uh like universe the nancy myers universe are all just surrounded by shitty men and really like they're all sappy rom-coms but ultimately like they're all rom-coms in the face of like Men just being kind of a bit shit. I will not mm. hear the good name of Dennis Quaid dragged <laughs> through the mud on this podcast. Uh, Dennis Quaid just what about Mel ben? Gibson. Yeah, <laughs> what about yeah, Mel Gibson? I don't give a fuck about Mel Gibson. I didn't stand up for Mel Gibson just then. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I agree. I actually pitched an even earlier conclusion uh, to the movie, Tim. I mean, we have to tweak some of the plot, but what's a uh, instead of not getting married because he was disappointed that Carrie was wearing a veil outside of the library, Big just goes through with it. And the movie ends at 45 minutes. What we have is a Carrie and Big wedding special. It's the length of two episodes. And uh, Bob's your uncle. Yeah, or he could he could just even roll down the window if he didn't want to get out of the car. He could yeah. just roll it down and be like, Carrie, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie, <laughs> Car- Carrie, <laughs> Carrie, it's me, it's big, Ca- Carrie, Samantha, can you, s- can you get Carrie, Miranda, are you guys pretending not to hear me? <laughs> No, hold on. I think I thought I fully expected Gene to just say each of the four characters' names for about ten minutes. Oh, he's still, he's still, uh, Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte, gay guys. Fuck <laughs> yeah! Gay guys, there's no jobs. Oh my gosh, I would actually love to see that footage <laughs> on the cutting room floor. That would round it out to an hour. A neat hour. Yeah, of him. So forty-five minutes of wedding prep, fifteen minutes of him just yelling at the women. <laughs> <laughs> That's art house, man. That's, That's cool. mattress Park looking entering a world of artistic growth. And credits roll. Um, well, look, I, I've been excited for this uh, as long as I've known we were going to have a guest today. I gave you a little bit of a heads up during the film, mm. Jen, that would be addressing this. Uh, we have a segment called Outside the Lines with Jen Fricker. <laughs> now, at one point in the film, Carrie Bradshaw uses what can only be described as a stomach-churning turn of phrase <laughs> to describe her bond with Big Uh she says, when big colours, he rarely stays inside the lines. Or, um, what do you think that means? I think it might be like in modern day parlance, um, that big rearranges her guts. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that again? Because that honestly didn't come through. Rearranges her what? Guts. Wow, wait. 
Um, that is that is some fucking fair dinkum turn of phrase, Jen. Yeah, to your, to your credit, I have long thought that no one could say anything more disgusting than Carrie Bradshaw does in that scene. And you've kicked in the door. It's a Twitter thing. Everyone says it. Just I've never heard it. All right. Well, you've never rearranged anyone's guts. We're not on clearly. Australian Twitter. Yeah, fair enough. Um, um, or it's something to do with I don't know. Just bl- say it. Say anything. Stuff. Well, Maybe yeah. some ejaculation upon surfaces. Well, I mean, you've you've got a lot of good and exciting different theories in the air, but we're uh, going to need you to stick to one. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna stick with the top idea because I think it was the strongest that he literally <laughs> rearranges his her guts. Oh. With the power of his ejaculate or the length of his erect penis? <laughs> I mean, all. Why not all? Like, it's all part of it, right? It's like, all. The velocity. Oh, God. <laughs> which, you know, they make love. Um, <laughs> I feel queasy. Let's fucking get into this. I wish my <laughs> wife was here, actually, because she, she is a doctor and she knows about the human anatomy. Um, Jen, you're a woman, and yep. I assume know a little bit about the female anatomy. What? Mm-hmm. So we've got a penis going into a vagina. What? What is getting rearranged, and how? I mean, maybe the cervix is being so hammered that it is moving back up into the rib cage. Uh, I really don't know God about damn, this yeah. riff, you guys. <laughs> Fucking chill out, Monty. Go back to church. Be Jen cool. and I having a grown-up conversation. You're cancelled, dude. No. Remember, we cancelled you at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, and I came back why, like bro. a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> we're uncancelling Mel so Gibson, just, and we're cancelling no, Guy Montgomery. No, hey, so um, you don't have to. A cervix. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, uh, are you googling it? I'm yeah. only talking to you now. Yes. Apparently, like a um. Like a well, I'm in the side like kind of a, a rolled up condom. Well, what? Like kind of a rolled up condom, but with a, a hole in like it's a ring that's mm-hmm. sort of like shrivelly. Uh, am I <laughs> off? I mean, I guess. I I've only ever I, um like felt it. I've never seen it, but yeah, 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 fair. Mm. We should do a watch with a gynecologist. Um, I think it would be cool. Or maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. Just a bruised cervix, you know. You know, guys. What happens if you get a dick too big? Well, like actually, too long specifically. The vagina stretches up to like four times its like size. That's why. It's um, you might not know this, Tim, but babies come out of vaginas. <laughs> but like, that's why uh, foreplay is so important, and also stretching. Like, women need to be. Flexible before they have sex because otherwise, if you don't warm up your muscles, you can tear them, and that's how you get vaginal tears. Mm. Feel free to cut any of these quotes if you're listening at home. Please cut these quotes out and make them into a soundboard. Yeah, I would really love that with no context. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you get some friends around after school, jump on the landline. And do some old style crank yanking prank mm. phone calls with Jen Fricker's gynecological <laughs> soundboard. Samantha! <laughs> with cancels. the vaginal tears, mm. is that like, is that, um, is that tissue being ripped? Uh, or is it like Tim, muscles I mean, fucking out? I know you don't want to talk about the movie, but the lengths <laughs> you are going to to avoid it, I feel like we I are. mean, I don't really know a lot about them because. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it'd be tissue. There definitely would be tissue yeah. damage. I assume it would be much like a, like a torn calf muscle or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Ask your, definitely ask your wife. Should I go get her? Fuck, I'm tempted. She doesn't want to come on the podcast, but um, mm. this could be helpful for this particular episode. I, don't, I really don't think it's actually that important, Tim. Um, I mean, it's women's health, guy. If you don't think that's important. Well, well it's just that I think three comedians are not necessarily <laughs> qualified to delve into the particulars. And this podcast was never designated specifically as a woman. Not that I'm against the, the totality or the direction of the uh-huh. tangent. The means by which we've landed here was meant to be a fun and playful exploration of Carrie Bradshaw, a writer's awful turn of phrase. And yet here we are. Controversial comedian Guy Montgomery oh does not care about women. And thus, <laughs> he is cancelled. I'm still going. <laughs> Tune in. Lots more episodes coming out. And they're actually really good, clean fun that the whole family can get behind. 
Um, He's been shifted to the worst time slot to try and alleviate his harm on the world. Mm. No, no. I'm, I'm prime time, baby. I'm part of the ABC's Sunday Fun Day lineup, sandwiched between Kevin James and Matt LeBlanc. I don't think you are, dude. Here you are inviting people to come onto the podcast, go, what do you think of this? And then it gets a little bit hairy for you, so you shut it down. Doesn't sound like prime time to me, mate. It s- sounds like the graveyard shift. It oh. sounds like a YouTube web series with 30 episodes too many. Well, yes. <laughs> I think there's no such thing as too many videos on YouTube. The whole point is that we can all put our videos up. And if I want to make 30 more videos than people want to watch, <laughs> that's my prerogative. I don't come around to your house and tell you what to talk about. Although I have. You've literally come into my home. You've had my coffee. <laughs> you've had my cake. And you I are drinking my beer. now supporting Milo Yiannopoulos as well. What a weird turn this podcast has taken. So weird. Everyone should be able to do anything on, on YouTube. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Weird oh. guy, weird take. Yeah, it's a weird take. Um, <laughs> you know he was listening to Michael Jackson before we started this podcast? Yeah. That's so fucked up. Was it the song that samples R. Kelly in it? Yes. Or actually vice versa? Yeah. No. Yes. No. I was, <laughs> I was, okay, look, we're having fun and we're having a laugh <laughs> and I'm tired and I'm vulnerable and I'm in a corner, but know, I will not lie down. Do you know what's like going to be lovely about this is that I'm going to re-listen to the first podcast we did um, where I kind of just met you guys. Like I didn't really know you, so I was being very polite and then cut forward, I don't know how many years it's been, but. I'm really enjoying this. Oh, well, as long as you're having fun, <laughs> yeah. I'm having fun. There's, you know what it is? It's a growth of the characters. I see. Unlike the arc of this movie. Okay, now this is a conversation mm. that might be in my wheelhouse if we are talking Sex in the City, the movie, which it feels we are. Tim, I'm going to tell you about my shining light to try and bring some uh, levity to this conversation. Now, it's so weird that you wouldn't direct that at Tim and Jen, but please, I'd love to hear your shining light. <laughs> He's not even looking me in the eye anymore. <laughs> what? What? what is this? What is this? <laughs> I am genuinely sorry, guy. It's ju- it's just it's it's no no. I'm into just it. too easy now. It's easy and fun. K- yeah, kick me. Um, there was a when when Charlotte excitedly announces the engagement of Carrie to. Uh, uh, you know, a whole restaurant of uninterested patrons who are just trying to have a meal. Uh, a lot of different tables of extras choose different reactions, different tacks to the news. Charlotte's excitement mm-hmm. and screaming would be enough to infuriate, I imagine, even the most lucid of diners. But there is a table <laughs> of women directly behind where Miranda, Charlotte and Carrie are having a meal. And when Charlotte says, and she's been going out with the guy for 10 years, and all of them... I don't know what take this was, make the same decision. And it looks fantastic because when you see, you know, actors or characters supporting one another with the same decision, it really, like, creates a reality to the world. They're all sort of excitedly nodding and looking at each other, like, going, wow, 10 years, that's a long time to be going out. Mm. And if you are interested in marriage, not have that. And uh, that whole table, that whole performance this week really brought uh, some light into my life and my watch. Yeah. It's not too enthusiastic either. It's the right amount of yeah, approval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfectly pitched performance. Mm. That's uh, cool. Yeah. There you go. It's a new one too, you know? It's good to it's good to have some new ground uncovered on these things. Absolutely. Um, Jim, would you do you do you want to go next up or Yeah, sure, I can go next up. Um Rocket. A moment I really enjoyed is when uh, Miranda and Carrie are in the taxi. Miranda's been waiting in the taxi for Carrie to get home and uh, they're making up. And uh, I can't remember what Miranda says, but the taxi driver, there's just a cut to the taxi driver nodding in agreement. It's what Car- it's I can what- tell you exactly what, yeah. what oh, it's saying. Go ahead, Tim. It's forgiveness. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the taxi driver just nods in agreement, and um, I like that. And it made me intrigued in the taxi driver's story. I was like, what's his deal? So many stories in New York City. It was also nice because I know watching it on other occasions when I don't notice the nod, it feels like his lively, not necessarily his livelihood, but certainly his afternoon's been hijacked by these two people who 
really should be sorting through their private problems, you know, in their own space mm. and on their totally. own time. But to see them sort of actually engaging with the conversation and maybe either agreeing or taking something away from it, it's it's quite heartening. And it's one of the you really the do few get times a sense that it's resonated with something in his absolutely. own personal experience. And yeah, like he's going to go home that night and forgive. I don't know his kids, his Mel Gibson, wife, Mel Gibson, Guy Montgomery. Like any of those people might get that forgiveness but because of the conversation you it's one of the and it's genuinely one of the few times when we see the the characters providing value or contributing positively to the lives of anyone who isn't immediately in their orbit mm. like no one gets anything out of their being around it's so true Everyone holy just shit gets- that's really <laughs> that's profound and so damning yeah everyone just gets something taken away from yeah, them it's really just like they're just Vacuums of fun and like positive energy. Literally, everyone and who's so not rich. The, everyone who's not like the central four is either like married into the central four, a child of the central four, or paid to support the central four, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, and then everyone else is like they they have terrible we've talked about it before, Tim, they treat weight staff terribly, which mm-hmm. is one of the most, you know, well known litmus tests for the quality of a person. Um Absolutely. But this is not what the shining light's about. Tim, what did you enjoy? Fuck, that's that's so that is shaking me to my core, man. Mm. That's so true. Oh, <laughs> actually <laughs> though, literally Yeah. I, okay, I can think of one person that got something out of these women and their lives. Which is when Miranda's screaming at Steve outside the club and then some girl yeah, walks true. past and she laughs and she's like, what the fuck's going on? But, do you know, that is almost entirely to do with her own joy de vivre and nothing to do with, like, Miranda is doing her best to drag the energy of everyone else's night down <laughs> by, like, publicly chastising her former partner. Again, in a public space. I mean, I know there's no good time or places for these conversations, but show a little bit of respect. Mm-hmm. Uh And what we have is just some woman who's probably, you know, up to her gills on some A-class MD, just charging through the night, being like, oh, my God, that would suck if that was happening in my night. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. It's in spite of, not because of, I think. I think it reaffirms her choices. Mm. She's like, Can I ask a Mm. on-movie question, which will delight Monty, just around that scene? Because one of the things Miranda says is, I changed who I was for you. And, like... I kind of feel like um, that's sort of on Miranda. Like, that's a choice you made. Yeah, for sure. You you changed for him. It's like, well, you did that then, you know? Mm. I agree. I don't think that it's fair to hold that over someone as though it was was forced on you. Like, relationships that function are built on compromise and understanding. You can't then, if the relationship doesn't pan out, be like, I made compromises within this relationship for you because that's... You know, you actually talk. You were speaking about that, Jen. Um, oh, their attachment yeah, styles. Yeah. Oh, I've become obsessed with like relationship attachment styles because everyone has different ones. And I was talking to my therapist oh. about it, and uh, Mar- I wrote it down. Oh, let me get my notes out. Hold on. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, bloody hell, I've got a... Do you want to quickly slip your shining light in while Jen preps her notes? Oh, yeah. I've got Not it, though. Really, I'm so on the hook. Okay. All right. Just interrupt me at any point. No, Jen's ready, so... I got it. I got consider it. yourself right, go. interrupted. All right. Cool. So... They're, so attachment styles like how people act within relationships and how they express like their, I don't know, their intimacy, I guess, whatever. So like Miranda has an avoidant attachment style where she doesn't really want to like share her feelings or be vulnerable like in the orbit of the person that she loves. But then... Steve has like an anxious, insecure attachment style where he needs to be constantly reaffirmed and they're maladjusted for each other. So it's always going to cause conflict, but because they've never worked on who they are as a couple, but always as like individuals just working within like a relationship framework, they're always getting into these scraps. Mm. And if that, I guess, you know, in the movie, that goes unaddressed for long enough that you see one of the two act out in a way which is damaging to both of them. Mm. And Steve cheating on Miranda, not just once, but with literally every single other character in the movie, including the dog. (laughs) According to Becky Lucas only, I think. No, I would like to support that theory. Tim and I initially floated that Steve cheated with Smith Jared because they were having a conversation about how challenging they found it to be in a relationship with two people in such a close-knit group of friends. Mm. And eventually that conversation sort of ran deep into the night and they started fooling around. And from there, that opened up Steve's sexuality entirely. Mm -hmm. And um, because obviously him and Miranda, you know, four reasons that you have outlined just now, are having trouble with physical intimacy at home, he sort of goes on what can only be described as an out-and-out fuck spree. Um, a fuck spree, a fuck spray. He's colouring inside the lines. He's colouring outside the lines. Guts are getting arranged <laughs> downtown and uptown. That's right. Every, every one of the five boroughs. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what kit you've got. Steve is interested. Now, From Brooklyn to the Bronx, bring it on for Steve. Yeah. Um, what was your shining light, Tim? It was Magda when she and Brady and Miranda are going around like shopping for a new apartment. And uh, when Miranda goes up the stairs of the apartment and Miranda, uh, Magda's just left there with Brady going, oh, okay. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> and it's when, <laughs> it's when Miranda um, goes up the stairs and Brady meets a big dog on the street. Oh, but it's yeah, like yeah. they've left the mic squarely on... Magda, so it's like a wide shot, but you're hearing too much of Magda, which I think is good because we don't hear enough from Magda in the movie. Um, it's unfortunate that it's not like, you know, a full sentence or anything, but it's, off the back of last episode where we showed our appreciation for Magda, I think um, I was probably a bit in tuned or attuned to for her scenes. How did so you, that was my shine. How light. did you enjoy Magda's growth across the series, Jen? Um... Actually, that's a good question because, you know, um, the first time Magda appears in um, the franchise, she's um, Miranda's cleaner and she goes through Miranda's drawers and finds Miranda's vibrators and then replaces them with a statue of the Holy Virgin, I believe. Um, And so it's quite a tense relationship initially. But now I like that, you know, she trusts Magda with her own child. As if Magda Did was Miranda wearing... stick it to her and shove that statue in her vagina? I mean, I assume so. Not on camera. It's not not it's on an, camera. It's implied, but, I, but I not think shown. It's impl- I think it's implied. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you do you feel at any point? Do you see it happen? Because obviously, we're entering this relationship. I mean, we entered it in the second movie, but you know, from the information that Tim and I have collected. We've only got two movies worth of interpersonal relation and professional relationships between Magda and the Brady Hobbs family. Um, 
do you see the disintegration and respect shown or like acknowledgement of the amount of work that Magda is putting into raising Brady? Do you, do you actually see that realised at all in the in the show or do you think that they just sort of no, assume that not. everyone who watches the movie know that they have a good relationship and they take it as read and sort of forget to... Yeah, I think at the end of that episode where she finally kind of appreciates Magda, that's it. Like, that's the most kindness and, like, that's just... The audience just has to buy that that, that means that they're friends and have this unbreakable bond now. And then you see it in this movie where... Uh, Miranda wants to leave the restaurant before Magda has even finished her meal. Yeah. Because she's tired. Yeah. Um, and that's like completely representative of their relationship where Magda doesn't even voice her own discomfort yeah. and just goes along with whatever. Like, even wants in to the do. immediate aftermath of talking about. Um, and look, you know, I, I've never had anyone in my employ to look after my child full time. Right, so maybe this is just how you talk about it. But when uh, her and Steve first separate and she says. I'll live here and, you know, Steve will live in Brooklyn and Magda will shuttle back and forth between. You know, it's taken as read that Magda, who is a woman of, you know, not insignificant age at this point, is just happy to adapt to whatever the new reality of that life is. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. How Mm. cooked is that? Anyway, I mean, we are really sticking up for Magda right now and I like that. Um, Do you know the actor? we should. From Kansas City, Missouri. Is she? Yeah, not even Ukrainian. I mean, Mm. with that accent... You could be forgiven for mistaking her for a Ukrainian. Dude, we didn't get to the bottom of whether or not she's Ukrainian in the in the show. It's just that they are going into a neighborhood which used to be old Ukraine. Her words, not mine. Because I don't think Ukraine yeah. is a thing. Open parenthesis, S-I-C, close parenthesis. Sick. Uh, can oh. I tell you something? No. That final... All right. That final brunch scene <laughs> after Damn, the wet, like, you were just gonna before... Follow, you're going to follow the rules of... You know, <laughs> I normally do. I normally of do. Um, <laughs> the wedding, the final wedding, the actual wedding at City Hall has happened, and then the gals are revealed, and then they're all at brunch. This is like just before the movie ends. Um, one of the servers comes over and says ham and eggs, but the, <laughs> this time I heard it as M and egg, M and M's, sir. <laughs> and I just was kind of in love with the idea of someone bringing like a uh, what do you call it, like a platter, like a sil- a beautiful silver platter with a big dish on top of it. Mm. Some uh, some servant man bringing just a, <laughs> a huge bowl of. That's how I imagine because we've already brought up this episode. That's how Trump rolls. Do you know? He just gets served big old bowl of M and M's. Better than a big bowl. The the funniest possible presentation of those M and M's would be to have to fill up the the silver like bowl like serving platter that sits atop the tray. So turn it upside down, fill it up with M and M's, take the tray, put it on top of it so that it seals off the M and M's, then flip it back over, Ooh. and you take it down and you say M and M's, and then they remove the top, and it is just a disaster. Like a Sony Bravia ad, you just got it in slow motion. Yeah. Jose Gonzalez's everywhere. cover of Heartbeats <laughs> plays. That is a deep cut, and I'm yeah, so glad fuck. you came with me on that, Monty. <laughs> when you first started saying Sony Bravia, I was like, I have no idea what the fuck you were going to... Anyway, but yeah. <laughs> Jose Gonzalez. Oh. What, what's he doing? Well, last I heard, he was on a Zero Seven album in like 2007. Mm-hmm. I think musicians of that size usually go on to have pretty solid, like, if unspectacular careers. I think he's probably just a touring musician who puts out a studio album every three years, mm. has enough carryover fans to sell out, I guess, 300-seat theatres. Playing, like, a late afternoon festival spot somewhere. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Okay. That's what you want, though, right? Like, that seems so ideal. You've got a certain amount of job security. You get to travel the world, but it's fucking chill. People probably don't recognize you walking down the street. Mm. You get the odd person coming up to you saying, can I get a picture, which would, like, boost your ego a sufficient amount, but it wouldn't get in the way. Yeah. I get, the only demoralizing part would be that, you know, when you play those festivals, people are only showing up for the encore because everyone's like, who is that guy? He sounds familiar. And then they hear, you know, the iconic opening chords of Heartbeats and they go, oh my God. Also brutal oh, to be go with knife. best known for a cover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's his entire... Was Heartbeats his? No, no it was written the by knife. the knife. Oh, fuck. Sorry. Okay. You're but no, right. he had a good song. Cross- he had this song, yeah. Crosses. That was a beauty. Went through a real period of liking listening to that music because <laughs> I thought it would make me, I don't know, <laughs> more interesting. Oh. 
Or like it sucks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you well, listen to music because you thought it would make you more interesting. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. You 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 hella interesting guy. Nah. You don't need that shit. Well, yeah, mm. because of all the hard work and research I've put in, in my 30 years. Every morning I wake Fair. up, I write out a list of things I could or could not talk about. Mm-hmm. I strike half of them from the list, and the rest of the day, anything outside of those topics, <laughs> I'm woefully ill prepared for. But as soon as anything lights up within those those limited range of topics, I'm fucking prepared. <laughs> You're there. Yeah. May I share a quibble I have with the movie? Did you say quibble? I did, and I immediately regretted that. <laughs> no, quibble? no, no, Tim, please share your quibble. <laughs> I would quivering that. with anticipation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have, no, I have s- no quibble with you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we never get to see the desk that Carrie actually settled on. There's a, mm. like, kind of a scene built around the fact that she's shopping for one with Charlotte, and there's a mention of it when we're at the baby shower, I think, which is at Carrie's newly redecorated place. Anthony comes up to her and says, a woman put a glass down on your new desk without a coaster, and I, you know, I well, said, if she does it again, I'm going to break her frickin' arm. Yeah. Um, but we never get to see the, the mentioned, the off-mentioned desk. Yeah, I got shortchanged in the director's cut as well. Yeah, I was explaining to Jen just how lucky she was to be treated to the full version of Sex in the City. Mm. I mean, who knows what the movie would be without the iconic walk-in wardrobe dress-up scene and the Halloween trick-or-treating scene. Yeah, it definitely changed my perspective. I had a quibble not so much with information withheld, but certainly the professionalism of Carrie and Big's real estate agent early on. Um, and it's uh, sort of surprising to me that it hasn't occurred to either of us so far. So maybe it has, and we just haven't oh vocalized my God. it. I I wrote this down. This episode it's the first time it occurred to me too. I wonder if we've got the same thing. Overstepping Is the it? mark? No, no, nah. we're different things. I don't know. Okay, I don't mean in terms of like uh, production or filmmaking language. I mean in terms of when the. The guy who's showing them around the penthouse goes, uh, your wife has a great sense of humor or whatever, doesn't give yeah. either Carrie or Big an opportunity to address their relationship or let that joke slide and just steps in and goes, they're not married. Uh, stay in your lane. <laughs> oh, you're talking about their real estate agent, the one yeah. they, they're rocking around with, the woman. Yeah. Oh, you got yeah. beef with the dude? Yeah, I do got beef with the dude, bro. What's your Check beef? this out. That... When they first walk in, his opening line is, and the kitchen's through here. It never <laughs> occurred to me before, but that is what he opens with mm. to carry him big. They don't know, bro. You can't open with, and the kitchen's through here. They haven't seen any of it yet. What, hold on. To me, the problem would be that he hasn't addressed the room that they're already in. You know, you've got to start selling straight off the, straight off the bat. You want to say, look at the beautiful, well-lit entranceway. Your problem is what? That they don't have enough context to know what through here is. So, um, actually, I, I, I'm, the apartment is the first one that they go into. I didn't mention that. Oh, okay. It's, the fir- it's like at uh. the start. So they come in and uh, they go, it's, uh, what number is this? It's number 33. Lucky 33. So they walk in and they're woman real estate agent bowls up to them and says, this is the worst one so far. And then he says, and the kitchen's through here. So I assume he's talking to the other real estate agent, but it's like, my bro, your two potential buyers just walked in. Maybe that's not how you open a sales pitch. It seems a small note now that I've verbalized <laughs> no, it. No, Tim, I know. This is, but this is the beauty of it. This is the stuff that, you know, I mean, when you're panning for gold, um, you're going to come up against a lot of dirt. And you know what? Yep. Hearing that, it's made me realize that if someone does it in real life, it would really annoy me. So I'm going to look out for that. Yes. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Jen. Can hey, I, Jen, can I um, share a quibble? Oh, it's, yes. <laughs> Please. Quibble on. All right. My quibble is uh, when the gals go to Mexico and um, Carrie asks Miranda to close the shutters. <laughs> and yeah. Miranda only closes one of four panels. So 75% of the room's like light source is still on. And then she's like all of them. Like, as, if, as if it wasn't like very apparent what was going to happen. Like Carrie is called into bed. She's very tired. She's asked Miranda to close the shutters 
and Miranda's literally just closed one, like as if she's never, <laughs> she's never. Oh. Miranda's one of those incredibly like intelligent, book smart people with no logical or practical yeah. application. It's like close the shutters, and she just immediately responds to whatever is in her periphery, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like I've done it. Now I can go on and do my next task. Yeah, and it's also like the shutters the furthest away from Carrie's face, so she's not getting any benefit of shade or darkness. <laughs> Uh, and ironically, the shade and darkness has been thrown by Jen to that very action. Oh. We're having fun. Wordplay, wordplay. Uh, Can we do a fun thing we don't normally do? And we actually got a message about this um, a few guests ago that, that, you know, some people out there, they want this bit resurrected. And maybe we close with this guy unless there's anything I've forgotten. Can we get a little pitch from Jen Fricker for what Sex in the City 3 would be? Oh. What, what about, should we get a pitch? For, I guess, yeah. Could we get a pitch for Sex in the City 2? Or is that You've nonsense? You've seen it, haven't you? Me? We've all seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Um, so you want me to pitch for Sex in the City 3? I think you should just pitch uh, a, a new part of the Sex in the City universe. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the extended universe. You can just be like, look... The Graphic fran- novel. Yeah, there's still value in the there's still value in the franchise. Here's my idea. You know what they should do, actually. Well, you know what they should do. You should. Is- you, you, you're, you're talking to us, so tell us what we should do. We need. I remind you that Tim and I are very high powered and wealthy movie executives. Uh-huh. We've got a lot of money. We're interested in pursuing anything that could be lucrative for us. And you, mm-hmm. some young upstart, mm-hmm. pocket full of ideas, have come into our office and are ready to knock our socks off. Yeah. It's kind of the condescending attitude I expect from um, older male executives in the entertainment industry as a young creative. I have actually been working for 10 years, but that's fine. Anyway. <laughs> well, this is a very host- time. A hostile time to start the meeting <laughs> off on. Yeah, it's rule. Um, okay. So, we met the girls of Sex in the City. Yes, we have, haven't we, Tim? Yes. But have you met the the gay dudes of Sex in the City? Well, kind of, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I just want to know more about Stanford Blatch and Angry Guy, whatever his name Anthony is. Anthony Scaramucci. Anth- yeah. <laughs> the Mooch. <laughs> I want... Um, I want... <laughs> A, uh, I want to understand more. Okay, I'm setting the scene. Hold on, let me start again. Yeah, please. 2019, mm. Trump's America. Mm. Uh, there's a whole new discourse of mm. social justice. Mm. There's a whole boo. new but boo. boo. <laughs> um, there's. <laughs> You'll have to excuse my associate. <laughs> <laughs> um. Charlotte, a Trump voter, but her two best friends are gay dudes, and her child is a child of colour. So I want, like, a 20-part Netflix series based around the fracturing society in which Charlotte and her extended family find themselves in. Now, Jen, I'm going to ask you a question I want you to answer totally honestly. Yeah. Did you prepare this, or are you literally just making all of this up as you go along? What? Well, it just feels like you've come in with no materials. What? The the sort of cadence and the way you're speaking, it doesn't. <sighs> have I said something to? Have I said something to upset you? I'm gasping. Boo guy! I'm gasping. Yay, Netflix intersectionality series. <laughs> This is going to be great. Tim. We're going to have mugs. We're going to have t-shirts. Tim, your network executive character is all over the map. Previously, you were booing the notion of social consciousness, and now you're championing Netflix and intersectionality. Mm. It's because I know what sells. Okay. Even the stuff I don't like. So all long right, as it's all, all that- underpinned by one consistent capitalist through line, I'm happy with the decisions you've made so all right. far. How- it's called Orange is the New Blatch. Okay. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I get it. Is it because Donald Trump is a character unseen but uh, ever present in the series? Uh, it's because um, one of the guys goes to jail. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's just a more direct. Yep. 
thing. Yeah, so it's okay. like a show that Netflix has already made. Yeah, but you get show you get people from an HBO show and you put them in that show. Well, crossover, crossover. I crossover love it. Crossover universe. I'm going to go against my better interests mm-hmm. and say I'm interested in what you've got here. I'm going to give you a $200 million advance. Thank you. To turn in a pilot episode within the next two years. One pilot episode. This would fucking work. Are you kidding me? There's so many aspects that this hits. We've got the um, struggle of Charlotte coming to grips with her newfound Judaism. And like, Mm -hmm. does she actually believe in the faith? Or is she just trying to wear this cape so she can stay happy in her marriage without causing too many ripples? Mm -hmm. Do we have um, interesting conflicts about, you know, uh, fuck, what's her name again? Rose? Lily. Lily. Fuck. Damn it. With um, Lily like struggling, Lily struggling about not being the biological daughter, but, um, you know, being the daughter nonetheless and the the interesting things that that throws up. Uh, Do we have any interesting dynamics around the fact that Charlotte is kind of a complainy, I don't know, it just seems like she doesn't have a whole lot going on. I can't even remember what Harry does for a living, but it seems like he's in a suit, so he must be going somewhere. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Oh, he's a divorce lawyer, no? Yeah, you, yeah. I think you said that. That's how they met. Mm. When Charlotte got divorced from that guy. Yeah. yeah. It was Harry. And then uh, he was a divorce lawyer for that divorce. The really weird thing is I um, haven't watched a lot of Sex in the City, but I remembered that dude like yesterday. I was thinking about this after mm. we did our record and I was like, that's right. Because I, I know exactly what he looks like. And I think I've seen a couple of episodes that he's in. He's got pretty much jet black hair. I don't know how else to describe him. Oh, Kyle McLaughlin. Like 45. Hey? Kyle McLaughlin, the original husband? I mean, I don't know names, but what was his character's name? Do you know? Kyle McLaughlin. Oh no, his, the actor oh. is Kyle McLaughlin. Oh, Trey. Trey, that's it. Trey can't get it up. Mm. Oh yeah, Trey, Trey. Yeah, I think it's Trey that I'm thinking of. Oh, well, that's cool. So there you go. Anyway, all I'm saying is it's a fabulous idea. I genuinely would, I, I think that would really work as a series. Look, honestly, it was more of an earnest thing that I tried later to turn to a joke and I'm not proud of it, <laughs> honestly. Um, but yeah, I think you have sincere buy-in from Tim. Thank you, Tim. And you have two hundred million of my hard earned. Mm. I mean, I do regret offering it to you in return for one pilot over two years. Yeah. I think I've made a huge financial misstep, and this will cut me down at the knees. Yeah. But I agreed to it. Verbal contracts are binding. Thank you. Congratulations to you. You've swindled me. Yeah, great, awesome, uncancelled. You know how you just said Kyle McLaughlin's name like instantly because you knew the are you one of those people who just knows bless you who just knows everyone's in Hollywood's names like you just know all of the people Kyle McLaughlin is a very famous actor like he's Uh. quite well known like he was in Twin Peaks he was the main character in Twin Peaks oh Um, he's in the Flintstones movie is he? <laughs> yeah, he's the villain in the Flintstones movie. <laughs> I mean, there you go, Tim. Oh, my God. Two huge that examples. Genuine. That was genuine. I love it. Mm. I love it. <laughs> Fuck. Do you have anything to add, Tim? Nothing's going to top what you just said. Let's end it. Uh, Jen, Jen, it's been such a pleasure having you. Yeah. And I'm so gutted I'm not there with you to hang out. That's I all know. I have to add. We're hugging across the Tasman. I'm not. My arms are pinned to my sides, you piece of shit. <laughs> kicking me in the guts the whole episode. Jen, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram, Jen Fricker, with a G. Or Facebook. But I don't really update my Facebook page. It's mostly Instagram Yeah, now. nice. Why would you? I, I deleted my Twitter um, Did tw- you? Yeah, yeah. Not in like the like. Oh, I deleted my Twitter. Like, oh, I'm so socially like cool. Just in like a. Why am I chasing the opinions of people I wouldn't even speak to in a room? You know. Fuck. Good shit, yo. That's so healthy. Well, God, that's good. I'm putting a lot more time into Reddit now, so it's a lot darker. I feel. I've gone get full red pill. There. Hey, I would love to get off Reddit. I've mm. been on that wheel for a very, very long time. Um, Do you know what it is? It's because you work in radio. Yeah, absolutely. That's the only reason I started looking at Reddit, because I was like, I need content for the show. Yeah. And it's all aggregated there. I never got Same. into it. Fuck. 
Because mm. you didn't work in radio. Yeah, get a job in radio. No. Gosh. No. All right, that's the episode. Thanks so much. <laughs> this, this is Guy Montgomery signing off. Not cancelled. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. Like, he sort of feels me out. I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.